Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove Community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. All right, welcome back to another episode of Mangrove Community Presents Reasonable Doubt. And glad to be here for another day. I want to thank the good Lord. And um, we want to welcome our special to our special guest today, Mr. Andre Pfizer, uh, running for state rep, District 126. How you doing? Man, I'm doing excellent. How about you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming for on. Having me. Thank you for being here. So uh, let's get to it. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your background, things like that, career-wise. All right. Well, I'm a native... Uh, Louisiana, from Lafayette. Lafayette, okay. Been living in Houston the majority of my life. Right. Graduated uh, from the North Forest School System in 1985. Go Brook. The Brook would do it to you, Forest Brook, mm -hmm. Jaguar. There's a lot of people from that side Forest of town watching, Brooks, so you're going to get some things Brooke. started. Forest Brook. <laughs> Forest Brook. I, let me say it once more. Forest Brook. All right, now. Forest All Brook. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm a life strategist, a teacher, pastor of Church of the Kairos Eastern. Okay. Uh, which is really a multidimensional purpose development organization where we show people how to walk in the fullness of purpose and in their individual uh, visions and dreams, showing them how to create careers for themselves through their imagination. It was uh, something that I needed in my life, and I took a chance on myself about 25, almost 30 years ago. I mm -hmm. took a chance on myself. Uh, to step out in fate and find myself. I didn't know that I could make money into myself, but I discovered a new reality in myself and a value in myself. And uh, I started that company. I met Dr. Miles Monroe back in 1996. Mm -hmm. And then about eight years later, he asked me to join his network and I became a lead writer for his Kingdom magazine, which was one of the most thrilling times of my life because I really admired him. And for him to reach out to me and ask me to write for him was incredible because I felt that it validated my existence. And then I discovered that I needed to be free from the validation of Dr. Monroe mm -hmm. to discover my own validation right. in right. myself. And uh, I've been married for 20, it'll be 28 years, March the 7th, so my wife, Bridget, I have three children, Benjamin, Lauren, and Zion. All of them are creatives in music and art and automotives and mm -hmm. in, in technology. Uh, and I'm just thankful. And my wife also is a fashion designer and a professor at a HCC downtown. Cool. So we have a creative life, and uh, we've had our bumps and bruises when you're living beyond the system to do something you've never seen mm -hmm. but you felt. Right. You know, we've had the effects of it, uh, the shifts in life and mm -hmm. the shifts in predictability. But with purpose, you begin to transcend the laws of predictability and you begin to move into this new arena mm -hmm. of life. Uh, also, for the past five and a half months, I've been a dialysis patient. My kidneys failed five and a half months ago in September, September the 10th, as a matter of fact. 
I was uh, at the hospital to get a routine procedure to reestablish my heart rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I suffered from kidney disease, and the procedure caused my kidneys to fail. And I'd been on dialysis for five and a half months. And uh, during that treacherous time, I began to see the atrocities of the healthcare industry, of healthcare not paying for you when Mm -hmm. you pay your premiums and Mm -hmm. you think you're safe. And it's a sad thing to to find this situation in life and find out that you're not safe. You know, you're a human being, Mm -hmm. you're paying premiums and, you know, and you find out that the healthcare that you're paying for isn't helping you and medication isn't being authorized. And as a result of that, I felt the resilience to to get out of my chair and run for public office to see if I could bring some sort of transformational wisdom to governance. And I'm on the ballot right now in the, in the Democratic primary right now. That's amazing. So Thank you. You know, as far as your career goes, that, that struck a chord with me. So basically what I'm hearing, you're, you you make the unknown or, or the, the unseen a reality. You bring that oh, yeah. out of people. Yeah, because you see it in your soul first. Right. It keeps you up at night. It keeps you up. It drives you. And if you're not careful, it'll make you misspend. It'll mm-hmm. make you agitated. Yep. You can find yourself in a, sad, in, in, a, in a tolerable place. And when you have a vision in your heart, it will become agitating mm-hmm. to you. And it'll make you emotional. Yes. People will begin to talk to you, or thinking you're arrogant or what's wrong with you. Why are you so emotional? Why are you so unstable? When you really are unstable, but it's your soul telling you, you were not born to thrive in this place right here. Mm-hmm. And so many times we're trying to make sense with predictability, and that's why we fail. We are still thinking about our survival. We're trying to think how to pay the bills, not knowing that every bill you make from purpose is wealth. If this build is established from your destiny, that's wealth. If you spend all of your money to pay the bills that your purpose produced, you are in a good place. Mm-hmm. But poverty is when you pay for something you hate yep. and you work 80 hours to pay for something you despise. So I try to show people how to discover wealth, not just a lot, but satisfaction and fulfillment. Gotcha. And I can definitely relate to that. Um, season two. I started off talking about purpose, and mm-hmm. I try to end everyone with, you know, telling our listeners and our viewers to find your purpose. Because mm-hmm. one thing I've um, come to find out in life is mm-hmm. that, like, it's just like you say, man, it's that it's that thing that that's burning inside, yeah, yeah. and and you want to do it, but you don't know how, or you may have self doubt or yeah. whatever. And like mm-hmm. you say, for me, it actually drove me to be depressed for quite a while oh, yeah. until I finally decided, you know what, I have to get up, I have to step out, and and I have to do it. And we sit here today, this is a product of one of those I love it. those passions that were burning inside to get I out and not only let um, be a voice for the community, but allow people to come in and speak about how they would like to represent the community. So I definitely love it, definitely can relate to where you're oh, coming yeah. from, man. So oh, yeah. Appreciate again, as we say every episode, Step out on faith and pursue your passion That's and your purpose, and you'll find your fulfillment in life. You know, I've yeah. been reading a book. Um, we're here in Greenhouse International Church, and Pastor Decker has the men reading a book saying, knowing your power and purpose as a man. Yeah. And it's telling us we're now in a day in society where the man is no longer defined by a role. That's right. So a lot of men are lost in this society because 
you know, generations before us taught us that we fulfill this certain role, but yeah. that's no longer our place in society. It's more of finding your purpose, your God-given right. purpose that's and pursuing right. that purpose and everything else as far as roles and all that will fall in line and fall in place. So, that's man, true. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you said that because most of us, so we were raised to be males instead of being gods. Hmm. We And so we are trying to find the role of our maleness, yeah. of being the male gender. We're, if, see, it's hard to find purpose when you're trying to find a role as a gender, yep. uh, but you're the breath of God, yep. the image of God. And when we live as gender, as a male, without knowing we are the breath of God, depression is easy because we are trying to find a place for something that we're not. You weren't created to be the dust. Mm -hmm. You're the breath of God. Now, when man forgot that he was the God image, he became dirt. Mm. And when you become dust, you become food for the enemy. I think God told the enemy, on your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust mm -hmm. the day, all the days of your life. As long as we live outside of who we really are, the enemy of life, poverty, shame, sin, secrets, fear, will begin to eat us up because we're food for those things. But when we recapture who we are, not just a religion, not just us saying we're Christian men or we're churchgoers, but when we recapture the breadth of the, of the divine, mm -hmm. then we become the superior image and we become the divine. Yep. And dominion is 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 possible. Nothing can stop you. Oh, you know nothing it. at all. You so, man, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, again, thank you for coming on. Blessing us with that up. knowledge. I, I feel the spirit coming along in here today. What? So, um, said, I'm saved. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the brother just said, I, I'm saved. There you go. Yeah. And, we, and you supposed to, um, yeah. you know, take that with you everywhere you go. You it should that. be felt. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you talked about the healthcare system and yeah, yeah. how. You feel it, it falls short in, in certain ways. And yeah. could you give us a little bit more detail? Are you talking about um, yeah. in a financial sense or? Financial, treatment, servicing, um, the, maintain, the maintenance of dignity for people who are chronically ill, mm -hmm. who are critically ill and disabled. You begin to see how the social services treat people who become victims of this thing, victims yeah. of sicknesses in their own body. And what it does is it, it actually shows the actual spirit of governance that's controlling the land. Mm -hmm. If you treat people who have no voice wrong, it's showing you the spirit of the governance, of the stewardship that's mm -hmm. in the world. And there is a lack of positive, purposeful, powerful stewardship of laws in the world. The scripture says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. No one's rejoicing in the world mm -hmm. right now. No one's. See, when there is a rejoicing spirit, a spirit of possibility, the people rise up, regardless of who we are, regardless of uh, immigrations or immigrants, regardless mm -hmm. of our economic situation. When the righteous are the stewards of the system, of the world, when the righteous are producing laws from love and mm -hmm. purpose and understanding with the intentions of helping, not with the intentions of profiting with little help. Yep. Let me see if I could help. And if it cuts into my profit, then I can't help. Right. Well, that's not help. Right. And what's happened, health care is being used to profit. Mm -hmm. You have to go out of the country to find uh, treatments, uh, that you can afford. That's unfair. We're the United States of America. If you can put people on the moon and if you could 
fly people into space to stay there for years in space. Mm-hmm. We can't fix health care. Yeah, we've yet to conquer our own planet oh, and we're trying to go on, discover, explore other planets. You're walking on the moon. You're going to Mars. You're building components that's on Mars, rovers that's searching the suns, and there is water there. Mm-hmm. And you can't fix a man who's sick. You can't. Have we set up a a bureaucratic system that hinders us from reaching out and fixing it? Hmm. Under one word, we can say you can have it. We are the most blessed country in society. Hmm. You can do it. Because if a man can make $11 billion and don't pay taxes... Yeah, I, I'm done. You, you, so you 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 picking my brain here because Amazon, and we're going to get down the list. You kind of hey, jumping my list here. Hey, but we got I, Amazon I, I, that was so. built here in Greenspoint a few years ago, and that's the CEO that we're talking about yeah, that made yeah. $11 billion. Billion now. Didn't pay any taxes, but there was no trade-off for this community. You came and bought our land for cheap. Mm-hmm. That could have been anything else. It could have been. And... He didn't say, hey, let me find organizations or churches or mm-hmm. after-school programs or let me build a community center in your in your oh. community to mm-hmm. help you advance. Let me, you're the head of technology right now with this AWS. There's no, you didn't donate any of that technology, any of that information into our community to, to help us get better as a whole. When humanity hits home, then we bless humanity. Most people have become rich. They are entitled. They have Mm -hmm. not tasted humanity. Mm -hmm. They've tasted a perverted capitalism. When See, when this hit home to me, it opened my eyes. And you can fight for other people when their suffering hits your house. Mm -hmm. You see? Most times, see, when you represent people, it's supposed to be for common daily people. Right. At least 21 years old is the basic requirement to run for state rep. Hmm. How many 21-year-old multi-billionaires do you know? So it means it's for basic human being with a sense of compassion and dignity. Mm-hmm. But what's happened now, we've turned our government into a place for lawyers, city planners, businessmen, mm-hmm. attorneys, And because we've established a government where attorneys go for power, then attorneys don't feel the human suffering of healthcare. Community center? (laughs) Come on. Community center? We can give to the church. Church? Hmm. Uh uh, uh uh. Country clubs, highways, uh, infrastructure, Mm -hmm. kickbacks from infrastructure. And then we create this facade of policy that we can lie behind mm-hmm. to say, we shouldn't be flooded anymore. We All the billions we've raised for, for floods and mm-hmm. Harvey that's been misappropriated or mispocketed. Yeah. And then we come up with another pr- proposition where we got to see if, we got to see if, uh, no, 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 it's been solved. But the, the and the moment you, you mention the word socialism, it's like... They throw the X's up like you're a devil. When, like you say, if yeah. you're taking our money and you're paying the bill roads, you're you're paying for these other programs, that's socialism in itself. Yeah. It's just where do you want to direct those funds? You want to direct those funds that benefit you because to me, and let's be honest, when it comes to constructions, it's easy to cook the books. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, most just definitely. Just like right now in, in District B, 
every community has signs up six six point six point one million dollar bike trip. Oh yeah, and I want to know why is our mayor and our government so stuck on construction right now and not empowering the actual people within these communities? Yeah, because it's a smoke a smokescreen mm-hmm. for misappropriation. But the thing is, a lot of people don't understand when you're dealing with the kingdom. There is this word called the commonwealth. Are you familiar with the com- the mm-hmm. commonwealth means when the king is blessed, the people are blessed. It, Give me five, man. Give me five. Give me five. <laughs> I sent a check to you, but don't cash it. Oh, I man. sent it to the house. I, I want you to return it. Nah, I'm gonna need to cash it. Don't, don't cash it. Don't cash it, brother. Don't cash a, it. I need to bless a, the next term. person. That's a term if you cash it. <laughs> Listen, it's called a commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Commonwealth means the blessing flows from top to bottom. Right. Everyone receives. But when we don't understand the commonwealth, then we call it socialism or giving everything away Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. No, we're a kingdom-conscious people. Now, our society isn't that way anymore. And what we're trying to do is bring that spirit of governance back to to the government right now, where the people feel the power of the policies, where they feel the power of being cared for. Well, the people finally understand what a state rep is. They understand the legitimacy and the validity of a state rep because that state rep has validated their humanity. How many diplomats? Well, I'm not going to say diplomats because a diplomat would do it. How How many politicians have validated your humanity? Have they validated your human beingness? No. No, they haven't. Not any I can think of. Not in this time. So when you become a diplomat, however, a statesman, Mm -hmm. not just a person with a government job, you begin to validate the purposes of humanity. And that consciousness and that vibration that comes with that belief and that authentic truth will begin to expand the economy. Mm -hmm. It'll build the schools. It'll fix health care. It'll help the immigration situation. It'll help people in the lineup of um, their sexual orientation and their sexual responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And we won't have to be discussing abortion and taxes and schools mm-hmm. and, and health care and this and right. climate. Every year, every election, we discuss the same trending topics. And those topics are trending because they're not solved. Right. So what, what would you do? What, um, let's talk about health care. Um, what type of bills or would you introduce or push to get passed? On the state level, that can help healthcare. Instant authorization, especially when it comes to uh, medical services and uh, medications. Mm-hmm. Most insurance companies don't authorize much needed life saving medications in a timely fashion. Uh, when a person has been diagnosed critically ill, end stage kidney disease, cancer, everything needs to be yes. Then, right. when it's time for treatment, you would think it's common sense. Now. Right. You would think it's common sense. Because healthcare is about saving lives. I, I thought so. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Instant authorization on medical services. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of dialysis treatments that went unpaid by my insurance company. And you got stuck with the bill? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hmm. Yes, sir. And then if you get services or if you get any benefits from social services, you have to close you have to be poor mm-hmm. in order in order to get two hundred dollars a month. Right. You could go from making six and seven thousand dollars a month and you can't make that anymore and you get penalized if you make over a certain threshold of money. You have to sacrifice you gotta sacrifice some for them to give you two hundred. 
Hmm. You understand? So what if you want to buy a home? Well, can you afford to buy a home? That's why most people lie on applications now. See, just to get help, authentic help, you have to go against your dignity. Mm-hmm. You have to hide stuff. Oh, I don't have nothing. Yep. I don't have nothing. And walk in shame. Huh? Why should we as a state make our constituents feel ashamed when they worked hard all mm-hmm. of their life and they deserve that? And they got to beg for it. And when they come to apply, you you make them a liar while they're showing you all of their paperwork. Let me tell you something. When you're sick, you don't have time to think about where's that form. You don't have time to say, okay, uh, let me see. Well, what is it? That you don't have time to think that rational. Mm-hmm. All you know is, can someone help me? We need to understand people who are critically ill, disabled, and they cannot function. Right. Especially if you have a kidney failure. It's not, see, I remember when um, we, I was dealing with my case. There are boards who, that's one thing I do, I would fire the boards and get certified medical doctors that mm-hmm. would determine it. Because some of these boards that determine if you are rewarded benefits or not are not doctors. And they're thinking about a bottom line. Thank you. Even the questions they ask to determine your disability. Can you count? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel angry? Uh, can you drive? Can you walk five feet without getting tired? No, ask the person if they can still pee. Hmm. So see, you don't, you're not asking. The, see, what? tell me. I can say pee on the podcast. Oh, you good. Okay, because it's too late. Make yourself clear. Look, it's too late now. <laughs> right. Everybody say, it's too late. Now, so, what happens, the psychological trauma of a person who can no longer urinate, sitting down in front of a person saying, here is my, the dignity that's lost because their body has turned on them. Mm-hmm. You need people to understand that. Mm-hmm. I would have new boards. Of course. Instant authorization. Instant benefits now. No five-month wait, no two-year wait, no no denial first. If you tell a a critically ill man denied the first time, that will kill him. They don't have the patience to look for a lawyer. Am I taking the time, man? No, you're good. They won't have the patience to find a lawyer and hustle up a lawyer to get $400. And you, you're speaking from firsthand, uh, firsthand account. I know from a secondhand account, I can I can talk about my mom. And oh, yeah. Forgive yeah. me, mom, if you don't want me to. But it's real, and we're going to put real things out there. But yeah, man. my mom, before she was 52, hip replacements. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in need of a shoulder replacement, a yeah. knee replacement right yeah. now. Again, like you say, her body turned on her. And Time, she had yeah, a, yeah. a bone disease with her. I know the feeling. Her um, ligaments and things like that would just deteriorate. And... To this day, she still has not gotten disability. She was forced into retirement through a job. And my mom, has. she's one of the hardest working people I've known my entire life. Hardly ever missed a day of work. And she's used to doing for herself. But she's to a point now. And now, because the doctors haven't given her the right treatment, she finally met a doctor that says, have you had anybody check on your arthritis? Do you know the fact that you have rheumatoid arthritis could be the cause could of be. everything you're could dealing be. with right now? Could be. Now she she can't even walk two or three steps without getting shortness of breath. Let, let, me, check, let me tell you something. What a lot of people don't know. Sometimes when there's a lot of situations going on in your blood and your bones, you've your phosphorus level is high. 
Mm-hmm. When your phosphorus level is high, you begin to lose calcium. Mm-hmm. When you lose calcium, your bones become brittle. Mm-hmm. Your joints and your ligaments become really uh, fractured and easy to break. And there's a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. That calcium leaves the bones and it enters into certain parts of your body. See, a lot of us didn't know of the psychological and the inner workings of blood misalignments that mm-hmm. come with certain injuries and certain things. And most doctors and jobs try to treat a symptom not knowing it is something much deeper. Right. The medication I had to get for my phosphorus being high was $9,000. That's a car. Right. That's a cash car. No, that's not a cash car. That's a car. Mm-hmm. That's a car, man. Nine, not 900. 9,000. This happened about three weeks ago when I was in treatment. And the power went off at the dialysis center. And I'm like, we don't have a generator? What government will allow you to create a private practice for your own money and don't put a regulation and a law for you to put a generator on your building? Because when the power is off, if that power is off for five minutes, it's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. You, you feel they what I'm saying? Lives on the line. Oh my God! I was there, brother. I yeah. was there, and that same day, I could say, brother. Oh, I yeah. could say that as good. We're brothers, huh? I'm just trying to make sure I can say it. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm teasing the, the producer. There. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And right after that, I, they gave me a prescription because my phosphorus was high. My phosphorus was high, and it was dangerously high. And they mm-hmm. said, Mr. Pfizer, you start losing calcium, and that calcium is going somewhere. It could go in your heart. It could go in your blood. It could. It could. It could be bad. Wow. Medicine was $9,000. So then that's the next thing, regulations on these pharmaceutical companies. Of course. Making money hand over Common sense legislation. Legislation is easy if you follow your heart. If you know you have the power to make things possible, legislation is easy. But when you're trying to hide profit and steal in the name of people, legislation is going to be slow. Yep. And then you're able to throw money at everything, and oh, you yeah. wonder why other people who oh, don't yeah, have man. that same luxury, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they don't have that. They can't throw money at everything. That's right. You they can't need the premium that they've been paying all their life and never cashed in on, and finally you want to cash in, and they want to sell you short. Oh, yeah. So. Um, oh, wow. And what about criminal justice reform? How do you, where's your stance on that? What do you, do you feel we're in a good place with it now in, the, in Houston? Uh, you know, uh, it's in a tolerable place, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, and, and I could be naive, but this is how I think. Instead of trying to work on sentences, sentences that's cordial, I had thought of a life reform bill. We need to mentor our people, not to see if they could live in the same equal footing of failures as other cultures mm-hmm. and get the same sentence. How do we show our people to live greater than failure? Not how to beat the system. If you got a little weed on you, you get two weeks or pay a fine. Can we show them how to rise above the use of it? Mm -hmm. So many times we're trying to make laws to cater to the minimal human practices of our lives. Mm -hmm. But what if we took our influence to raise the consciousness of our people? especially our young African-American yeah. people. So you take more of a um, restorative justice approach. Oh, you better know it. You better know it because I feel we're better than that. Yeah. Instead well, you of ask them why. 
Huh? Or you ask them why. Yeah. Why did you do it? Yeah. And when you ask that question and people get to opening up about why, yeah. that's when you're able to find real solutions. That's the core. See, we're trying to... F- See, we most of us don't believe we could fix the... the the core of the problem. Mm-hmm. So we try to minimize the consequence of the problem. So we call it reform. But it's not reform if you haven't uprooted the problem mm-hmm. that could bring debt to our people right. or a continual vicious cycle. They may not be going to jail, but they're creating a bad cycle in their generation right. and in their family. And because they feel the consequences are light. Right. Then it perpetuates the problem. I'm out the next day. You're right. So yeah, they and feel I, even more inclined to do the things that they do. Yeah, and I, like I told folks, uh, folks, I was with the Houston Chronicle, and I said, yeah, I would be open for legalizing marijuana for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. And my opponent said, oh, I would, I would just legalize it and regulate it for the money. I said, but you got to understand something. You're not an African American man, and even if we make marijuana legal. And we start smoking it, and then they taking drug tests at the job. We getting fired mm-hmm. off illegal of weed, right? Because they, you, a man that's smoking weed ain't gonna smoke a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a little bit. This is no, he's smoking that it's, thing. It's legal now. You it's legal. Like they gonna celebrate. You gonna <laughs> celebrate? Pook and them coming over. We got food going, barbecue mm-hmm. going. We thanking Jesus and everything like that. And he's gonna lose his job. So we're not th- either we're trying to create an invisible prison pipeline or something mm-hmm. by legalizing a vice that destroys our culture because every culture is treated differently with things. Right. We don't have life in human equity yet. We're trying to fight for equality, but we don't have equity yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to have a stake in the game, not the bones that's left behind. All right, be careful, be careful. Um so with that being said, what about second chances and where we stand with that? Um, do you feel Houston is tolerable of second chances? I'm I'm for forgiveness, but if you got the right, if you have the wrong people providing that mm-hmm. without the right counseling and mentoring and development, man, uh, we're creating a perpetual problem. Mm-hmm. I believe in forgiveness. God has given us so many chances. Oh, yeah. But God don't just give us chances. God is a transformative power. Right. He's a transformative power. He's not a cordial power. And I believe if we have kingdom-minded attorneys and lawyers that can develop a system of mentoring and reformation, mm-hmm. those things will be positive. Right. So not, not only just, just letting the person out and letting them decide for themselves if yeah. they want to make us. We saved the change. taxpayers fifty million dollars, you know. Yeah. yeah, but they destroying a hundred million dollars of property. Yeah. And so it's set, equipping them with the tools to to change their mind. Give me five. You ought to run for state rep, man. <laughs> hey, I ought to run know, for man. president, hey. and you ought to be my VP. Hey, Pfizer award ticket. Let's do it. Let's go on and do it. <laughs> cool. With that being said. There was a there's been a lack of legislation in the state of Texas when it comes to running for office, who's eligible, who's not eligible, um, if you have a felony on your record mm-hmm. and you know, um resulting disabilities. That's the language that's it's hanging up the whole district B right now to mm-hmm. where we still don't have our chosen representative. Um Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If if in state offices how would you tackle something like this, or would you even care about it? I don't know. I have to look further into that, but I know the situation that you're talking about mm-hmm. in District B. I haven't spent a lot of time looking at that. You just see the situation, who could be on the ballot, 
who's on the ballot. Uh, there's this person who's on there who obviously had a felony from something, but obviously the community adores that person. Yes. Oh, wow. So I don't know how they would weigh that in. I think she's back on now, I believe, is it? Well, just, what did they do with that race? Just last week, um, it was back on okay. momentarily. Um, the special election is still at this point scheduled to be held on May 2nd okay. between Tarsha Jackson and Cynthia, Cynthia Bailey. Yeah. Um, but just last week, the third-place candidate, uh, has, Jefferson, Jefferson yeah. has filed another appeal. So that can prolong the election even further. Yeah, but I I see I see the deal. I see I I, I see why. I, you know, I guess uh, Renee really wants to really wants to be in this, mm-hmm. and she feels cheated out of this somewhat. But like, I, I haven't uh, I haven't gave. I don't see now my from my point of view. Yeah, and I've interviewed a lot of these candidates. Yeah. Um, and they've said it themselves from day one. It's been known that she had a felony, that she was running with the felony. So why decide now. to challenge it once you you see you haven't won? Yeah, because that that's it's where you're that's where you're holding the vote, the hurting the voters and yeah. the constituents who have voted. If you known this, you should have challenged it from the beginning. From the beginning. It could have been settled by now. It probably yeah. could have been settled. You know, by the time the general election came around yeah. last November, and we'll have our elected official right yeah. now in District B. It's over two hundred thousand people that's left in limbo right now. Now you and see, state you, well, state rep Jerry Davis. He's. I mean, oh shoot. Let me take that back. No, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Davis running for state running rep. Running for state rep. And Richard Bonton, we need to speak with you. <laughs> but anyway, oh, okay, yeah, get Bonton. Um, he's Bonton running for state rep. Yeah, but, so. Yeah. Jerry Davis, I don't feel, I feel he can care less about what's going on in District B right now. Even though he's still holding that seat, yeah. um, it's still not much being done. We still have streets in Greenspoint that don't have street lights, and children in the, you yeah. know, in the winter months, they're forced to walk home in the complete dark. And we know what's going on in our communities. You have the northeast side of Houston, they still having trouble getting their trash picked up. They're being used as dump sites. And yeah. We don't have our representative of our district speaking out. So we definitely need to get somebody in office. And the people have spoken, and we need to deal with that. So, Mr. Pfizer, please, when elected into office, because this is really something that should have that should have been and is handled at the state level. Yeah. So please make yourself familiar with this. Look into it. Join forces with the other state reps so we can get this resolved once and for all. That's what I would do. But there's something. You have, Did you notice how much common sense you used in solving this problem? <laughs> did you? I mean, listen, you said, well, how come if you knew this, why you didn't do this? Mm-hmm. You notice how much common sense you just said? Right. Well, why do you feel it's impossible for government to speak in common sense? Because I feel like they're, you know, they have their people who... The lobbyists that they're oh, catering okay. to, oh, if they okay. speak out against a certain thing, then it may hurt their pockets yeah. or hurt their next candidate. Well, that's the issue. You know, because like I say, it don't cost nothing to pay attention. No, it But don't. it will cost you everything if you don't. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. The city of Houston, they had every chance. The mayor. Yeah. This is something that could have been looked into ahead of time and said, hold on, wait. Look, let's get this settled. Before you even can put your name on this battle, yeah, yeah, but they they're not responsible for authenticating or verifying this information that that's put on these papers yeah. when you fill out, yeah. you know, 
to run for office. Yeah. It's something that has to be brought to your attention by an outside person, or yeah. outside party. Yeah, they, they vet. But so, uh, it, I mean, I feel like our city dropped the ball, and then definitely at the state level, you know, Jarvis um, Johnson is the state rep who, yeah. who wow. covers that district, who covers portions of District B. Um, we also have Harold Dutton, who should be speaking on the matter as well, but the word is mum right now. Now, the Ethics Commission didn't say anything about this? No one spoke out of Because I'm going to tell you something. When you get on the ballot, now you could file, but after a while, you will get an approval. You will get an approval. Mm-hmm. I can only speak from that, from the from the state. Right. I think they're trying to run for city council. Right, correct. All right. I could, I could, this is the experience that I have. When you file, when you uh, become connected with the Texas Ethics Commission and you file, you could file a ballot, mm-hmm. and after about a few days, you will get an approval that your place on the ballot is secure mm-hmm. and it's been found worthy. So I don't know the situation. That's what I know. She did her due diligence. She made sure that it was even on her website. It's still on her website that, you know, she's a second chance. She had a felony. She didn't try to hide it from anyone and everyone else. But I think she should be. Yeah, I think she should. They knew what was going on. So definitely something um, to look into. We need to look into. And that's legislation that'll be passed on the state, though. So what about education, man? I. I'm I'm very uneasy about what's going on in Houston with our education system. Yeah. We've taken vocational training out of school. Oh yeah, I was talking about that the other day. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, it should be back. I was talking I said I spoke about that uh, to the AFLCO mm-hmm. about these vocational classes being returned back to our schools. I remember coming up in North Forest in mm-hmm. our predominantly black schools. Uh, we had, they had welding, you had auto mechanics, you had home economics, you had things that showed people how to work with their hands. But I believe in this new generation of education right now, we've lost our ability to critically think. And I think we need to get creative teachers and a system that will help our children think critically and creatively how to become entrepreneurs, not just how to get a job, but how to create their own. But don't you know the patience that it's going to take to shift the culture of that type of consciousness? Because I believe we're trying to do things on a little level instead of really getting down to the consciousness level to really educate and transform children. Mm -hmm. I think we should put away that star test, Mm -hmm. which is biased. Uh, You know what I'm saying? No, it's, it's irrelevant. And a lot of these tests are for financial purposes right. anyway. And I think if you really want to see the power of education, get some powerful teachers that will show our students how to think creatively and critically. Mm-hmm. Discipline, controlled, advanced, innovative thinking. Yeah. And that's not impossible. That, that shouldn't just be relegated to private schools and charter schools. Right. That Our public schools should do that. But, you know, talking with teachers that, that are working in the public system, it's like the administration, and I don't know if this is coming from the state level or not, but it is. they're pushing it. It's, it's, if you have a percentage of your children that you're teaching ABCs mm-hmm. and they've mastered the letter A, mm-hmm. and then there's a percentage that has not, we're moving forward to letter B. Oh, yeah. And that teacher who wants to slow down and make sure that everyone understands the letter A She's being reprimanded. That's for right. Slowing down and not not staying on task with the curriculum. Yeah, it's affecting the money. It's down line. It, bottom line, it's affecting the cash flow, the money, the funds. It's affecting that. 
But when the system is built on perverted capitalism, when the system, I'm not saying don't profit, I'm not saying don't make money, but when you when you tamper with the power of something, mm-hmm. you take out the perfection of it, mm-hmm. and you just create something that's tolerable, right. and as, as long as it's the funds going and we have the numbers. A, a percentage, and the then majority. Yeah, and then you create a system down the line, a prison pipeline or go. something, to the get those right children who failed it's like, is this some kind of system? Because you're going to get some free work out of these people. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is, is integrated together. We don't know it. We think we have a society. <laughs> and it's not a society. It's a, it's, a, it's a matrix of foolishness that these things are being connected together. If this, if this class of young men and women flunk out, this possibility of crime is going to happen. Yep. And then they're going to go here. And then this system here with the prisons is, is connected to the corporations. And there's profit and stock in that. And so it keeps it perpetuating. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right, so what, what, what will Mr. Pfizer do as state rep to to stop or slow down that system until everyone can catch up and get on board? I would look for representatives who've tried to come up with a plan to fix this before. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not the champion because there are a lot of people who feel the way I feel, but we don't have the seats or the numbers in the state house or the Senate to pass certain legislations. So you need to network with those who have a similar mind and see what we could do to pass policy. If we can't pass policy, let's get back in the community, get with our constituents, and let's have life reform. Let's rebuild our community from the private sector. Mm -hmm. Let's use the interfaith situations like this church here, excuse me. Uh, Let's put funds and grants and benefits into places like this that will restore the community. I'm going to tell you something. The real state representatives are the advocates in our communities that's doing these things. Mm -hmm. Who's doing? Who's feeding people and helping them and training them without policy? Right. See, the greatest state rep don't need a policy to get it done. Mm-hmm. It needs a purpose to right. get it done. And I think if we could empower the advocates of the community to there get it, go. you see what I'm saying? That's and then funnel the finances that way. If we can't give them money, let's give them space. Let's give them buildings. We there got we the go. power to say, stay here for free. Yep. We have the power to say it. Be in agreement. Hey, give my hand. Be, be in agreement with me. Places you. like this can be given. You <laughs> look at the track record. You don't. I'm just. This is agreement. Places like this, the, the space should be given to them. Right. Look at the track record. Look at what's going on, and say, provide them that. Come on, gift them that. Because that's what I've been asking. You know, via uh, the city council for District B. And not taking away anything from any other communities, but you have the Northeast Side, Acres Home, all these communities have multi-purpose centers, yeah, community yeah. centers, civic centers, yeah. where they can meet and they can push uh, vocational trainings, or they have a place for their senior citizens to go and socialize yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. But Greenspoint is one of those communities lacking that. Yeah. So that's what I'm asking for. If you have... Because the representatives, they were taking those pictures, smiling as they were breaking ground on the Coca-Cola factory that's being built over oh, yeah, here, the Amazon that's oh, being yeah. built over here. Oh, yeah. But what did you get in return for yeah. the community? Not for yourself, Well, but for the community. Hey. And only, like you say, the only thing we asked for was a space. Mm-mm. Because, you know, we have this church here where, hey... Yeah, we have a nice congregation, but at the same time, we still have to worry about how we're going to keep the lights on, how we're going to yeah. keep the doors open. So 
Give us, give, give us another space where that's already provided for where we can house these people throughout oh, the day and I we're not putting it. all the pressure and strain on, on one church or one organization. I would do it because I feel we have the power. And maybe I'm naive, but I, no, I don't feel I don't feel to let the bureaucratic system of checks and balances that we set up to protect us or to hide us from the foolishness that we're doing behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I don't believe in that. I believe you can fix it. We have the power to fix it now. We do. One call, our influence has the power to say, rent free, and it's done. Yep. Rent free, and it's done. And, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's surreal, but that's how I think. Mm-hmm. That's the power I think. I believe it. That I want to totally revolutionize this position. Thank you, sir. I, I want to, man. We, we definitely want you to get in there and do it because, you know, that touches on the next thing, economic reform oh, yeah. in these communities. Oh, yeah. How do we, where do we start with that with economic reform and, and rebuilding our communities, like you say, from the private sector? Our private sector and our people need to rediscover a new value in themselves, that they're entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and not just check getters. Right. It's the difference between an, being an entrepreneur and the person who gets a check. There needs to be a spiritual transfusion with our private sector and our churches, ministries, and mentors. We just can't preach a scripture to them. We have to enlighten their spirit with this core value of thought and kingdom and their dominion. And then we have to hold them accountable to a discipline that will show them how to create, how to create their own feeling and how to create something that they could never be fired from. Economic empowerment is not how many jobs you can get and be fired from when the season shifts. Economic empowerment is how many businesses can you create and you don't get fired from it. So it needs to be a revolutionized, a revolutionary perspective of economy and purpose and business. Well, this just don't sound like religion I'm talking about, a philosophy, but it sounds real. It's real. We have drones now. We have, we have phones we can talk to now. We have technology now. You don't even need a, a camera. You can use your phone now. You understand? You don't, <laughs> need a, yeah, you don't even need that. So if we could take that Apple mind, that Samsung brain, mm. and begin to teach children and adults how to find that value in themselves, they will be, begin to create their own currency. There we go. And, and then hold them accountable to the discipline not to lose it. There we go. Because you can lose a job. Mm-hmm. You can't lose your destiny. There we go. And with that being said, I want to shout out Pastor E.A. Deckard of Greenhouse International Church because that's exactly what's going on here uh, with the Greater Economic Development Program. Oh, yeah. And he's putting together, he's partnering with Capital One, and they're actually they're teaching the congregation. Um, focus on ages 13 through 30. Awesome. But if you have the mindset, come on. We're not turning anybody away. And what we're doing is educating our, our youth on entrepreneurship, on financial literacy, on budgeting, saving, and then the role that Mangrove is going to play in this whole thing. We're looking to bring in the actual funding to help these youngsters get these businesses off the ground. Oh, yeah. To help you write a business plan, teach you how to write a business plan, a business proposal. You know, um, I'm glad. And that's and that's what we're doing here. And any other churches or organizations that are doing the same thing, it's up to us to come together and make this thing just that much stronger. Yeah. And then when we get somebody like Mr. Pfizer into office, you they know. can actually funnel the funding our way. Or you better know it. Even if you can just put the light on us, you know what oh, I'm yeah, saying? Most let people know what's going on most this definitely. way. Because 
once people see what's going on and they see that it's real and it's legit, yeah. they're going to want to get involved. Yeah. If we could show our young people, and even adults, how to invent, we know how to duplicate. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> we sit down and we say, hey, what you going to do? I'm going to be a roofer. Nothing wrong with that. What you gonna do? I'ma be a, I'm gonna I'm do hair. I understand that. But if you really wanna break open the cap, can we teach our people how to invent something? Mm -hmm. Industry we've never seen. Mm -hmm. It's in us. That's why we're agitated. Listen, your soul isn't agitated to do what's already been done. <laughs> your soul is angry because it has an unseen element in it that's never been experienced. Yep. God's not trying to lead me to what's already. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. God's not trying to lead me to what's there already. You are angry because what you feel is not there and is waiting for you to provide it. Witty inventions is part of the power of the kingdom mind, a witty invention. What can you make? It's the glory of, king, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the glory of kings to find it. Because yeah, think about Moses when he parted the Red Sea. Oh, come on now. I mean, I bet before that he never imagined that he would have... Uh, the red sea. Yeah. But it was something in it, something in him at that moment in time when he put that stab down in that red sea. You know it. Hey, he led his people to their destiny. It's hard. Yeah, it's 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 boring writing a business plan on the business you already see. Mm -hmm. How do we show them to create an exciting plan? Right. Something foolish. <laughs> something out of this world. But don't you know the patience and the discipline you have to do that. Sometimes we pick what's already there because it's convenient. Convenient people will always be poor. No. It's an inconvenient dream that we got to. Right. Let me stop. See, I'm running for state no, rep. And see, I'm, I'm ministering. I'm preaching. When he was building that ark. I'm preaching. When now. it wasn't raining. Or think about the first person who built the airplane. Oh, you know it. And told you I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. It's, it, they came up with an absurd idea. I know people told them they were crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm about to build a device where you can sit back and I can record what's going on and we yeah. can replay it back. Yeah. You got to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're going to tell you. Mm -hmm. And instead of us being discouraged or getting down and beating ourselves up and scrapping the plan and throwing it out, keep pushing. Don't you know how brilliant we would be if all of us tapped into that powerful mm -hmm. potential? But this is what we do. We usually connect potential to what's already existing. Right. And it's a boring message right. now. People hear it, but it don't captivate them anymore. Even in our Christianity, we could teach those things. And you could only shout a little bit. But it's time to bring people to the edge of discovery now. Yeah. Well, it wrecks the brain. Thing, you, you, only thing you do after that... To try to be better, you're trying to be better, so you come up with these gimmicks and these oh yeah, these turn around five times marketing schemes or yeah. Or now I want to say the most absurd thing to get people's oh, attention, yeah. even though I may be the most intelligent person in the world. Or as a man, I might want to put on a wig and a dress just to show people I'm funny. Oh, and become you know? a billionaire. Look, <laughs> this is the thing. Jesus said this, and I I just believe it. He said, "Greater things you're gonna do." Now, you tell me what greater thing you can do than raise the dead. Jesus said, I, he's raised the dead, he's healed the sick, he walked on water. He said, you're going to do better. What's, he said, you're going to do greater stuff. What's greater hmm. 
than raising a dead man. What's greater than walking on water? He said, you're going to do greater, greater things than this you shall do when I go to the Father. Hmm. But we're stuck on convenience. Right. We're doing less things and thanking God for little and thanking God because we, we have gotten so convenient we have to pray for focus. Hmm. God just help me to be focused. Focus is a result of naturally loving something with your heart. You don't mm -hmm. ask God to keep you focused when you're already arrested by the thing that you see. Right. You feel what I'm no saying? Choice is going to be in you. We have a major reformation here. Yep. People being they're too comfortable with being comfortable nowadays. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the last things I want to touch on before we get out of here is um, I was enjoying myself, man. Hey, I'm still enjoying it. I wish the conversation go I'm on. I'm enjoying but, myself, but that's all right. You know, we, got, we, got, we got other responsibilities and obligations we got to get to. Okay. But, um, hey, we can definitely continue the conversation at another time. That's cool. Um, child support. Child uh -oh. support is one oh, of those Lord. things oh, that Lord. is just tearing our communities apart. Mm -hmm. And I, don't, I feel like it's no longer a male-female thing. It's just the thing that, like you say, needs to be looked at with common sense. Yeah. Um, do you feel a need for child support reform or you think it's fine where it is? I have to look into that, man. And like I said, man, uh, sometimes uh, our character, how we are in just being irresponsible with sex and in relationships leaves us in this situation. I haven't even looked at the support, but I see the situations that men have gone through. I, I know a person who recently completed that situation, and I could see how it could be used. Um, I have to look into that. I don't, I don't want to make up any, any principles on that, but I haven't, I haven't looked into that. I look into the people involved, though, mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot of foolishness with that. And that's, that's more what I'm speaking from, that standpoint of mm -hmm. the government, the legislation behind it. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we pray relationships work out. We all get into it. I, I'm hoping it works out. Yeah, some of us are irresponsible and things like mm -hmm. that. But I've seen great people fall victim to it. And, you know, they wanted to be there for the long run, but it yeah. just didn't happen that way. But as a result of it. The man is continually being suffering, suffering behind him. Yes, and well, it's one thing about him. I say this. I'm sorry, I'm breaking through. You, you could le legislate an action. Sometimes you can't legislate an intent. You can't legislate a, a, a woman scorned. Mm -hmm. a, some women know how to use the law to spite a person, even though a husband or a father wants to be with the kids. And sometimes they know how to spite the man by making him suffer through pain, by saying you gotta, you don't want to be there for your kids. So they they rob the man of things while they're misappropriating funds when they could show some leniency. But it's hard to legislate the scorn of a woman who would, who can pay a lawyer, who can fix the system to work on her behalf especially when that legislation was produced from the scorn that she has for the man. And sometimes we don't know what happened in these relationships for the woman to scorn him like that, to go after him, because there are some peaceful instances of a person who say, a woman who could say, I'm not going to rob him. He does what he can and this and that. That's, that's people who have reconcilable 
uh, differences and they have an understanding. But most people, especially depending on the nature, the nature of the hurt, the nature of the distrust, the nature of the situation, some women know how to use that system to fight the person who hurt them mm -hmm. through the children. And the children find themselves still suffering because they get money, but the, the, the woman is dictating the visitation and how long and, and, and establishing unnecessary boundaries. Yeah. That's what happens when you have a law without consciousness. If you set a, 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 a child support law without consciousness of intent and understanding, right. if you're just following the letter of the law, then good lawyers would take the, 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 the scorn of a woman and say, I'm going to get you as much as I could get mm -hmm. you. And she's like, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And she'll win. Yeah, but even though the man has a child every other weekend, once a week, takes them for the summer, yeah. and, you know, all of that's calculated into the old, yeah. that, that payment, you know, how mm -hmm. much you're paying for lights and this, that, and that. Yeah. But if you have a woman that's taking 50% of a man's check, and she's spending fifty percent of that on herself, on herself, her and then yeah. and things like that. But when the man has a child, he's not being recouped for the lights and yeah. food and all of that. That's how the know? system's been made. So you have to look at it. Sometimes government don't have room for common sense, and so that's up to the judges. That's up to the judiciary. Mm -hmm. it's really, not up to the state rep. It's really up to the judiciary, family court. How would they handle those mm -hmm. things, and what parameters would they set? From family court, right. you know, and so then when you look at it, the officials or the government they're mm -hmm. profiting off of this too because there are there are fees that's being paid. Oh yeah, astronomical and things like that. So, who's to say that we're not forcing people into this situation just so we can continue to benefit when it's not benefiting either the parents or the child? But that's why it's hard to legislate intent. Mm -hmm. Is we legislate action and outcome. See, you could set a law to say don't kill. God's already set that law, don't kill. Mm -hmm. We still kill. So we have to legislate consequence. So it's hard to legislate the value system of a consciousness. You have to legislate the repercussions of a thing. How do we regulate the repercussion? So this is a deep thing. Mm -hmm. It's a really, a really deep thing to fix, and I think that's between the people and the judiciary. How do they set the standard for that? <laughs> that's a great question. I appreciate it. Man, well, again, appreciate you for coming on, man. It was a, it was really a pleasure speaking with you. Oh man, I enjoyed it. And picking your brain, man, you had some very insightful things to I say. Appreciate it. I, I think I, I hope that the viewers and listeners were able to take some things from it. And hey. If you feel like this is your guy, once um, let the people know what what area does District One Twenty Six Northwest Harris County, Champion Spring, Grant Road, uh, parts of Jersey Village, Champions, uh, Willowbrook area, uh, mm -hmm, Northwest Harris County there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, if you feel this is your guy, I hope so. We're still in the early vote, voting season, so hey, get to the polls, man. Seven to seven. Oh yeah. Having to the twenty eighth of February. And then we have the primaries on March 3rd. March 3rd. So please get out and vote. I vote. You know the movement. Everybody needs to get on board. And we need to elect people who who really think these things through. And appreciate it. have a mind like ours and want to support the community and empower the community. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, man. It was good seeing you. Hey, and like always, find your purpose. Step out on faith. Hey, and we can make a better tomorrow for all of us. Yes, sir. Everybody be blessed.
Have a good one. Until next time. Peace. Thank you.